Hey everyone, welcome back to this week's episode of the Three Things Podcast. I'm super excited to be joined by Nicole Madonia, who is the general manager of Team Moljo Strength and Conditioning. If you follow this podcast for any length of time, you know that John Moljo, the owner, or I should say the Moljo behind Team Moljo Strength Conditioning, has had a couple episodes and they've been awesome. And I was super pumped uh, to have Nicole on, as I feel, and you've heard me say this in other podcasts, that she's the real brains behind Team Moljo. And she has a great conversation with me about her journey from client to working in the business and how her responsibilities changed as the business has grown. It's a great episode. I'm super excited Nicole is able to join me. So enjoy this episode and I'll see you next week. Mojo Strength and Conditioning in Shrub Oak, New York. I love what I do. It's super fun. I get to be around a lot of great people every day. Um, and I manage the place, you know. I just make sure everything's running as smoothly as it possibly can. Um, I love watching people come in here, get excited about fitness, achieve their goals, do things they never thought they could possibly do, and it's just a lot of fun. So everyone who's listening to this who runs a gym and like manages the day-to-day operation. Just listen to you say, I run a gym, it's great. I'd handle it, make sure everything runs smoothly. And that's, that. What, what do you think? Once every quarter maybe you have one of those days where you're like, wow, this day was really easy. Um, look at that, John Moljo jumping into, don't you, don't you Bogart, Nicole Madonia's podcast episode. John, you've had three. Um, live? I just asked you this is recording. Oh, this is staying in too. What's up, peeps? <laughs> So for the people, a little background for the people who are listening to this, John Moljo, my best friend, um, Team Moljo Strength Conditioning, you've probably heard three episodes that he's been on. They're typically some of the most downloaded episodes. I've always joked with John since the day his gym opened that I know who really runs Team Moljo. That's not a joke. That's not a joke. It's not. And John will back me up on this. The real person who runs Team Moljo is the lady on the other side of the screen right now, Nicole Madonia. So- the general manager of Team Moljo, the real Moljo, maybe not the Moljo behind Team Moljo, but kind of the brains of the operation. Nicole, talk to me a little bit. We'll start with the first thing. Uh, John's probably gone. The first thing. He's, gotta go. he's, he's leaving like, now. Yeah, I'm sure he's just making face behind the computer. So you started, you were like, you were like coach, trainer, employee number one at Team Moljo, right? Yes, maybe. No. I was number one. Who was number one? Um, well, okay, let me think for a second. I was working and training at Team Moljo. Yep. Katie was a trainer at Team Moljo when I started. Okay. So you're employee number two? I was a client of John's when I started. Okay. Full story, Casey. So, I mean, I, I, well, I thought you went from trainee to like, like a lot of like administrative stuff with Team yep. Mojo growing in its first location. Okay. So I've got kind of the story, right? right. No, that's pretty much it. Too much. Um, what's it been like watching Team Mojo? And obviously you've grown a lot in this position as well, but sure. going from John, Katie, now you've got guys like Raheem, Steve, 
everyone else that's on staff, and you've kind of been a part of that too. Talk to me a little bit about the growth from location one, small, to location two, which is absolutely beautiful, um, and what that process has been like for you. Um, insane, uh, but amazingly insane. So I personally definitely have grown significantly from day one to today. But I also have, like you said, seen, you know, the people we've taken on and I've seen them grow. I've seen them grow their businesses. I've seen this business grow. I've watched John grow. And sometimes it just is moving all so fast that you don't even like realize how far you've come. And it's like super important to take some time and actually reflect on that because this business started with, let's do some group classes. There was like, three to four people in a class in Putnam Valley. John was the instructor to now we're in Trabogue. There's packed classes where you get waitlisted. John does not have to teach every single class. You know, we have other coaches that teach. We have coaches that are training. You know, the place has gone from like busy around the morning class and busy at night to busy all the time which has been amazing and bringing in all these new people, bring in like such different elements, you know, like people who specialize in, you know, working with older people or working with student athletes or people who have, you know, experience playing football like Raheem. Um, you know, they all bring different elements to the business and it allows us to kind of reach so many different people. What's been the biggest change from, day one, location one to today, location two for you personally, or just in general, what's been the biggest change for you? Um, the biggest change. I don't know. I feel like, you know, we, we just keep doing things on a larger scale. So, you know, we had group classes back in Putnam Valley and now we just have larger, more exciting, more, um, variety to group classes. So everything just gets, maximized sure the cool. same so um, concepts just kind of grow as the business grows yeah i mean we start doing like a program maybe we work with one team and now we're working with five different teams you know it just definitely constantly changes um and i think that you know i just that's got to be like it's just everything gets bigger so I, before John walked in, I started saying like you, you talk about like being like the kind of the overseer of team Moljo. Um, right. And as someone who also is the overseer of a facility, it's not always roses. It's not always butterflies. Um, what's something that has helped you kind of handle the ups and downs of a gym, multiple personalities, as far as a coaching staff goes, tons of personalities, as far as clientele goes, and the one constant is always kind of, I mean, for, for team Moljo outside of John, the Moljo yeah. behind Moljo <laughs> is you like, you've been like through good hires, bad hires, clients come, clients go. What's kind of helped you be the rock, um, to kind of like a, a business organization. Hmm. Um, for those of you, you can't see this because I pulled the audio. Nicole is an extremely humble individual and I don't think she gives herself enough credit for what she really does. Um, like, I just do what I do. It's not like, you know, I don't know. I don't look at it as like this big challenging thing. <laughs> well, what, so backtrack a little bit from so that much. statement. What, what are some of the challenges? Like when you like, when you dissect, take a 30,000 foot view, Yeah. you know, like, 
what are, what are some challenges that you maybe are currently facing right now or something that you had to really work to overcome um, that wasn't like just kind of like, a, okay, I handled it over the course of a couple hours, but maybe something that is more reoccurring? I think um, dealing with different types of people is always going to be something that I think is challenging. You know, you have different people, you have different personalities, you have different ways that people like to get things done, different ways people like to be treated, like the same way you're training a client. You know, like some people need that constant, like touching base with them, seeing how they're doing, making sure they're on track. Some people need like, here's a program, do it. You know, like people need different things. So kind of constantly trying to deal with that on a level of like with staff, with the clients that are coming through the door. I mean, I know clients that come through the door and they'll come in, they'll come rushing into the office, they'll sit down and spend 20 minutes just talking to me about something that's going on with their lives. You know, like then you have the clients that just come in and wave hello to you, you know, so there's dealing with your entire client base and like dealing with your staff and managing their different personalities and different um, ways that they like to be motivated to do things. So I definitely think constantly learning about people and like their behaviors is super beneficial um, and always a challenge. Love it. Boom. Got it. Got the answer I was looking for. Pulled okay. it out. Yeah. Podcast host. It takes a while. <laughs> I talk a lot and then all of a sudden it's like, that's what I want to say. It's good. You've got a good New York accent. So I, I'm a big fan. So I'll, I'll just let you keep talking. Keep you talking. I feel like I have a New York accent. You absolutely do. People are listening to this and they're saying, there's this, this goofball up in Vermont and then there's definitely someone who's not from Vermont on the other side. Oh yeah. And I definitely don't think I sound like I'm from Vermont. For sure. <laughs> um, what? So you've, you've started coaching some more. Right. You like you coach and train. What's it like wearing multiple hats as far as being a coach on the floor, coaching client one-on-one or group interaction to more oh. like administrative and business? Like how do you kind of balance multiple hats in, in the organization? You just have to like know what your day is going to look like and where you're going to be at what time. So if I'm going to like train somebody, obviously in an ideal world, like I'd like to train people like back to back so that you can stay in that kind of mindset and be ready for it. And then like block out a bunch of hours where I can spend time in the office. Um, you know, I don't take on like that many clients where I feel like I'm, I'm overwhelmed by doing both. Um, but it's just, I try to just, you have to just shift your mind and just be ready for what's going to happen when you look at your day and you know that you're doing, you know, maybe I'm taking a class at this hour and then I'm going to train somebody right after. And then from like, 10 to 12 30 i'm gonna be doing some stuff i have to do and then i have a 12 30 podcast with casey lee yeah i want to go back and touch on something because it's you just kind of hit the nail on the head on something that i've each summer with with summers you know when you train youth athletes your summers are kind of busy which is maybe not the norm in normal gym industry life you know like taking on not taking on how do i want to phrase this making sure you only take on what you can do really well. Like, I think you, you phrased it kind of like that where you don't train too many people so that you know when you have to do another hat, you're able to balance it. I personally suck at that. And that's something that I've really kind of found myself dissecting is what is the most amount that I can train in a day and still be fresh to make sure the business is running the way the business needs to run. And likewise, what's the most that I can work on the business each day. So my brain doesn't go to mush and I want to kind of, you know, like run off a cliff because you see so many Excel spreadsheets and, you know, phone calls and, and client relations and things like that, which don't get me wrong is fun and is absolutely a challenge, but that blend is nice. It's nice to kind of be able to escape one Avenue and go into the other. Yeah. How is that? Like, so 
as your role has grown, obviously Team Moljo has grown. So I'm sure you now are doing a lot more than you first were. As I believe you were like a part-time admin when you first started. Correct. How has, has finding that balance been? Like what were some ups and downs and what were some things that helped you say, okay, this is a good amount for me versus this is a good amount for me. And maybe you've kind of swung the pendulum too far in one way. You had to check yourself. How has that kind of process laid out for you? I mean, I think I'm still learning it. I don't think that I definitely have it completely figured out because the more we grow, the more, you know, tasks become available and things that I have to get done. But I also have help in that department. So there's times where like, it'll allow me to do another training session because I know that like someone else, Jess or the other Nicole who also works here is in the office helping me do what I need to get done. And, you know, we all really work well together. So knowing that I have the backup that I have allows me to kind of, you know, as we grow more, I can actually do more with training if I wanted to. So like we run, Jess and I run a program. I really like working with young girls. Um, not necessarily the athlete, but just like girls that want to have fun, get into fitness, kind of learn these things. And I wasn't doing much of that. And now I can do a little more of it because, I've gotten extra help in other areas where it frees up more of my time. So kind of like as much as I try to figure it out, like, okay, I'm only going to do two clients and train this many hours so that I can work in the office this many hours. But now that I get this much help, I can now like spend some more hours doing this versus doing that. So it's, you're always kind of trying to work it out. And then yeah. when you hit a point where you take on too much, you do, you have to take a step back and say like, okay, this is where I'm going to, you know, make a list of all the things and kind of figure out who can help you do what so you can still do the things you want to do. Was there any like distinct moment or action or spot like the business growth where you kind of had that conversation with John or maybe John approached you about getting, uh, it's going to sound confusing to everyone listening, the other Nicole who is, who works with you, uh, like, but as far as like getting more things off your plate and delegating down the, the line, so to speak, like what, when did you know that that was something that you guys should look at doing? Um, I can imagine him listening to this podcast right now and maybe smiling or laughing to himself because he a hundred percent knows when I like have hit my max, probably better than I know. And it's like, okay, now it's time to sit down and start like reassigning what you do and where other people can be of help because you're, you're hitting your max. So I definitely have had those moments and it's like a moment of like everything feels like I'm not in control of it. Even when I still am, it just like to me doesn't feel like everything's working right. And it's like, okay, well, where can we pull in some outside resources and get you some help to continue doing all the things? I think everyone who manages a business, owns a business is listening to this and smiling going, good for you. That's that, that happens. And I think the hardest part is just kind of knowing when, and I actually asked John this question as far as hiring goes. Um, and it's kind of the same idea with delegating, you know, structures of the business or whatever your responsibilities might be. But you know, you, you go into a business and all of a sudden you hope for, you hope for the business to grow. Like that's what, that's the good problem to have. But then all of a sudden it's like, well, now what if you're, you know, your billing takes this long, your client relations take this long, your programming for a uh, staff or, or class schedule takes this long. All of a sudden now it's like, well, you pair that with, you know, three hours or four hours, five hours of training clients a day, like when to know what to delegate and who to delegate to uh, can be extremely challenging. How was it um, like bringing 
and I don't know if other Nicole is there, but, um, you know, like when that, like, what did you look for in another person that you were going to have to work alongside with on some of these responsibilities that you've had since day one? Like, what did you look for as far as hiring goes or someone to kind of delegate off to? Well, she was super easy because she was interning. So she approached us to do an internship um, for school. So she did mostly office work for her internship. And I got to work alongside her and show her things and kind of see, you know, her personality and how she did things. And she's a lot like me, um, which is awesome. She kind of like gets things when I'm trying to explain them to her. She's a quick learner. So like, and she's actually, she works full time now and she works part time with us. And she's actually learning a lot more things now that she has brought into the business that are like beyond my scope of knowledge. And it's awesome. So I just like, you know, she's very dedicated, you know, people who are willing to learn, they're like teachable, they're able to get it. You know, office work isn't for everyone. Even Jess, she actually does some part-time office work as well. And she trains full-time with us. And they just, you know, you have to want to be a part of it because a lot of people don't want to deal with like the little behind the scenes tasks. Um, but thankfully they've like been willing and able and are great at it and, you know, do a lot of the, um, a lot of helping. Yeah. You got to be into it. You can't just be, you know, you can't just be into it because of what it brings, but you got to be into it for long term. You can tell like if somebody, you know, you know how it is when somebody's doing something and it's like, they don't care. You can tell that there's not enough like passion for what they're doing to do it well. Yep. Not like that. You can see that like they find the stuff that they're working on to be very important and it shows like in the outcome of what they're doing. I love it. It's like the, the analogy of, um, you know, like a, a carpenter, you know, I've, and I'm going to kind of butcher this analogy right now, but you, know, you can either build it right the first time and be passionate about it and, and learn to love it for longevity, or you can kind of rush through, get it done. And, and then it just kind of falls apart in the end. So um, I kind of butchered that analogy, but I think people maybe if they've listened to this podcast enough, kind of get that. I don't get analogies that, that right that often. Um, but you just talked a little bit about passion and you'd mentioned that you do like working with um, young females. Talk to me a little bit about uh, girls standing strong. So girls standing- I did my homework, by the way, I, that was, that this was like one of the things. So I'm glad you didn't allude on too much, but oh, I did my homework on you. Things you wanted to know about. Yeah. Hell yeah. Um, so I was a young girl one time (laughs) and I was never really into anything. I tried different sports. I hated them. It wasn't for me. Um, I actually didn't really get involved in fitness until I was like 24 or 25 years old. I like went to the gym and I'm using air quotes right now and like didn't really go to the gym. So I wanted to start like some type of a program and John and I had a couple conversations about it on how I could like get started reaching young females. We have a student athlete um, market, but it's primarily male. So there weren't a lot of girls coming in and taking the student athlete classes that we already offer. So I was like, you know, this is something like I really want to do. How can we do it? And then I was obviously good old Google. I was like looking for programs that existed. Like what can I kind of just see what is already there found a program that's actually based in Australia called Girl Standing Strong and contacted the owner of the company and was like, you know, I think this is great. I don't know what I can do. I'm in America on the East Coast, but tell me how I can kind of get involved in it. 
So we had a bunch of Skype calls and she was like, you know, we started launching this program. We did a series of workshops and now we've kind of restructured into doing small group sessions. So we do like a 13 week program. It meets once a week. You can do like four to eight girls in a group, any age group. Just we kind of do like whatever your age group is for that group. If it's like, you know, you and your friends are seven to eight years old. If you're 12 to 13 years old, we kind of customize it for you. And we just kind of bring them in. We show them, you know, the team will do a warm up. We do fitness activities with them. We do fitness games with them. And then we do personal development activities. And it's all about kind of just empowering and motivating young girls to, you know, be strong and resilient. That's fucking badass. Yeah, it's really exciting. What, what are some of the personal development activities you do? Um, we just kind of like do, they're brief. We don't kind of try to like focus too much on the fact that you're doing a personal development activity, but we'll do, you know, like what makes you strong and like, we'll have them kind of do it on the whiteboard or we'll tie in like fitness activities with it. Um, we've had them do like today, we actually have a group of girls coming in. We're going to do some goal setting for the nine, next nine weeks. We're going to do personal goals and like fitness goals. So we kind of just try to do things. Oh, that was my laptop charger. Um, that make it fun and like kind of not realizing that they're also, you know, building confidence and, you know, becoming better versions of themselves. That's awesome. That's yeah. awesome. I remember when you first were telling me about that program and how jazzed up you got. And I believe that was when I first said you should come on the podcast and talk about it. <laughs> and you were, you gave me some super shade and, and totally like blew me off. But I probably made a really crazy face at you. Uh, yeah. But I think that that's, that's really important. You know, twofold one for you, like chasing your why realizing your why and then taking it into action and then actually, you know, like following through on that. And then also like actually being a part of the community and, and helping people that, you know, either outside the scope of what Team Mojo might currently be doing or who they really target, you know, like that's, I think we all get into this business to help others. And anytime you can help the people that you specifically are really into helping that demographic, it just makes everything that much more rewarding and that much better. Um, yeah. what, what do you, what's like the long-term goal with girls standing strong? Like, what do you hope to do, you know, one, three, five years from now? The future, huh? Yeah. The future. <laughs> Damn straight. Thanks. Um, I would really like to have like multiple, like small groups of this running so that, you know, there's just more girls that we can be reaching. Like I'd like that there to be like a foundation similar to how our student athlete program is and how developed that is. And just have these girls like constantly in here um, working towards these things year round. I mean, five years, I just hope it's bigger and bigger every time. Are you guys, I think when you first told me, you guys were like the only people in America running this program. Is that still true? No, there are, she, there are some more, she gets, I, when I talk with her regularly, Kim out in Australia, um, she gets inquiries constantly for people who want to be doing it. They're actually working on a licensing program. So you can bring this into a facility that is down the road. Not actually, you might have to edit that out. Cause I don't even know if I'm supposed to tell you that. <laughs> um, All right. I'll have to go back. And edit okay. Anyway. I used to be a DJ, so those editing skills come in handy. Yikes. So I was like, oh, gosh, I don't think I'm supposed to tell you that. Um, but 
they are working on being able to offer it in already established fitness facilities, whether you're a, a corporate gym or a boutique gym or anything, they're working on kind of making it a program that you can just offer. So it will be um, hopefully more well-known across America soon. Fingers crossed. That's awesome. That's awesome. Uh, Nicole Madonia. Yeah. Where do people get more information on Nicole Madonia? Oh boy. Well, um, I'm on Instagram, Nicole Madonia. It's not very hard to find. I'm actually public, so you don't even have to worry about requesting me. Um, all Team Moldo, teammoldo.com. Um, our Instagram, teammoldo. Our Facebook page, I am on Facebook. You're more than welcome to friend request me. Send me a message, whatever you want to do. Um, my email address, <laughs> jmoldo at teammoldo.com. <laughs> So if, if anyone needed any more validation as to who really runs Team Moljo, John is going to like tremble when he hears this. Her email address is jmoljo at teammoljo.com. So you can find like me I said, there. like Nicole does not give herself enough credit for her impact on this business and the growth and whatnot. But if anyone is listening to this and is either looking to scale their business or, you know, whether it be kind of knowing when or what tasks maybe you know a, a general manager, office manager should be doing. Uh, Nicole Madonia would be the first person I would recommend you talk to, um, <laughs> just given her role and how how she's been able to basically crush it over. How long has Team Mojo been around? Five years? Four years? Uh, I count from 2015, so. Okay, so technically three -ish it was years. before that because he was like an individual team yeah. of strength and conditioning. But Nicole knows her shit. She'll she'll sit here all modest on it. Um, Nicole, I have one last question. Oh. I asked this to everyone from New York. Oh. Because it matters to me, I guess. I'm probably the only person. What is upstate New York? Give me the line. Where where does upstate New York start? Albany. Albany. Okay. That's the most upstate anyone's ever said. That's fantastic. What? Yeah. What people say Westchester. Any, anything North of Westchester. <laughs> I'm going to say Albany starts upstate New York. Okay. Albany starts upstate New York. Nice. Oh, my sister who lives there, you're technically upstate New York. So we're Shrub Oak. What is Shrub Oak geographically in New York? We're in Northern Westchester. So is that upstate? No, it's Westchester. It's just Westchester. It's not downstate. You know, a little bit outside the city. Okay, a little okay, a little outside the city. All right. Okay. Wow. This is great. I need to have like more New Yorkers on here just because I was like, where's Syracuse? And they're like, that's upstate. Oh, that's 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 up Where's there. Buffalo? Oh, that's that's upstate. That's very far up there. What's Plattsburgh? And people just look at me and they just ask what Plattsburgh is. They don't even know because it's oh. Canada by that point. Honestly, if you guys didn't go to school there, I probably wouldn't know what Plattsburgh was either. Yeah, I know. It's great. Shout out to SUNY Plattsburgh, homecoming in October. Are um, you going? Yeah, actually, Jen and I are going to go to homecoming this year. Really? Wow. Yeah, they're doing a whole bunch of renovations on campus. And uh, yeah, I'm only like an hour and a half away. So Chick-fil-A oh. also is just opening in upstate New York, uh, real upstate in Plattsburgh. So yeah, your boy's all about Chick-fil-A. We. There's a Chick-fil-A on the East Coast? There's multiple Chick-fil-A's on the East Coast, but there oh, is, there's a Chick-fil-A opening in upstate New York, real upstate New York, which is actually, north of Albany is a good, that's a good description. Yeah. I would go like Lake George North, like 
once you hit the Adirondacks, like that's upstate. Yeah, for sure. When People, you said I mean, Albany, that's Albany's not Adirondacks. It's close. It's closer than it's some people have said. Two hours north of here. That's amazing. It's upstate. That's amazing. <laughs> Nicole Madonia, thank you so much for carving out some time. Oh, I will see you again. Maybe we'll do a squad cast. Maybe we'll do the next one. You'll have some wine. I'll have a beer. I don't know. But, <laughs> that would be fun. It would be a lot of fun. Thank you so much for joining. Anytime. Hi, everyone. It's Casey again. I just want to say thank you so much for listening to this week's episode, and I wanted to ask you a huge favor. I don't ask for a lot of favors, but if you could, whatever you're listening to this podcast through iTunes, Google Play Music, SoundCloud, if you could take a minute and just go write a review, I would really appreciate it. I don't get any bonus points or anything like that for it, but I really think it would help get the word out. And if this podcast has helped you, it might help someone else, and it'll do a better job of getting that word out to who might need it.